Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast. Today's guest is with Michelle Seidling, who hosts a podcast about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, uh, nutrition and health. So her and I talk about our podcast. She gives some kind of lessons learned, ways to recycle some of your podcast content into other forms of content. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast. My guest today is Michelle Seidling, who's the host of the Food Experience Unplugged podcast, where she spotlights ways people can make the connection between food and life success. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm excellent, Ian. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, totally. And I don't think I did your podcast justice. So if you could go into a little more detail about the Food Experience Unplugged, that would be awesome. Well, sure. Wonderful. Absolutely. Our podcast, as you said, it spot, kind of spotlights ways people make the connection between food and life success. But it's more than more than that. It's more about uh, people who it's it's mainly why I created it, you know, just to provide different examples of how people are building healthy habits, how people are really using the power of food to be able to help themselves to build their skills, to build their self-confidence in, you know, whatever they're doing in life, whether, you know, with their career, with their, uh, with their family. But um, it mainly focuses on, we're in here at Food Experience Unplugged, we're into holistic health. It's not just about the food, but it's their different components of the food experience. And that's what we kind of bring out in our podcast is different ways um, to, to build healthy habits. What are some things that, you know, different factors you have to think about, not only with the food, with meal planning, with uh, macro counting, things of that nature, but also looking at the environment. That of which you're eating, your the social influences going on, your relationships, um, the uh, you know your own motivations, your own goals, you know why you want to to eat healthier, and really making that connection. So we spotlight that on the podcast based on you know we have a whole host of different guests on the show we've had everybody from medical researchers we've had you know people dealing with addiction recovery um uh mental health um employee engagement um productivity corporate wellness um a whole host of things even chefs of course but just to kind of help people paint that picture of what health and food and, and that connection, what that can do for them in terms of, of building their skills and really being successful at their job with their family, if they're active in the community, so to, uh, for example. But really just giving them examples to look at. And the podcast is actually a, a natural 
extension of our of our training focus at Food Experience Unplugged. We really help people to to create goals, to really um, think holistically about their health, and really prioritize their health. We do um, our uh, main focus. Our the, the podcast is for mainly mid-career working professionals. Of course, everyone can benefit from it, but that's kind of who we hone on, hone in on. Um, Mainly because that group we found, that demographic of, you know, mid-career working professionals is mainly the ones, they tend to get pulled in so many different directions that with, um, you know, with their family, they're putting the, you've got you know, projects around the house. You've got different uh, work responsibilities. Maybe you travel a lot for work. But with all of those things, no matter what they're doing, they tend to deprioritize their health. They're like, oh, I've got to do this first, and then I can, you know, worry about, you know, whatever my health uh, situation is. And as a result of that, their health suffers, and yet they they are the the main um they have to understand that that the food is the primary source of their livelihood it's the it's the reason why they can do these things they can meet these obligations and a lot of times um mid career working professionals don't see that they put everything else first and then when their health suffers or when they're they're having a different uh, challenges, then that's when, that's usually when they, they have to, you know, turn in and, and see, see the health, see the, um, see their health as important. So the reason for the podcast and of course, Food Experience Unplugged is to mainly help people to, to see that, to, to understand why they have to prioritize their health. Even if you're feeling great today, you're, you're doing well in your career with your family and all that, food is still important and your health is still important. So that's mainly the, the little bit of the background as to the why and the who of, you know, who's can benefit from our podcasts. And we've really seen um, an influx in, in interest. Um, not only, you know, of course, you can, you can say, oh, it's from the coronavirus. People aren't, you know, doing anything else. So they're listening to podcasts, you know. That may or may not be true, but I think it's more of an interest in conversations that aren't being talked about in other other venues. We're really ta- honing in and talking about things that matter in terms of their health and how you can use little things to prioritize your health. And that's why we spotlight a variety of guests on our podcast to really look at the holistic nature of health and to help people resonate with with those um, those various topics and really apply them to their lives. Oh, that's great. And I wanted to I was kind of getting a little bit more into the some of the techno technology stuff of your podcast. So just kind of looking through my notes here, I noticed that you use YouTube as your host. So are all your is there a video component to all of your episodes? 
Yes. Yes, we do video podcasts. But, the, you know, the benefit to that is people can do either one. You know, you can turn on YouTube and you can, you know, put your phone in your pocket and go about, you know, your go about your day and still be listening. So regardless, or if you wanted to watch the video, you can. Um, it's able to, to be kind of on, on different, um, different areas, different platforms. Um, we're, that's our main focus right now is YouTube. Um, I've explored, uh, we'll probably end up getting on, uh, you know, the different podcasting, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or, you know, things of that nature. But for now, we're, we're on YouTube. Because that's kind of main just because of the versatility of it versus other uh, podcast platforms. It definitely is very versatile for the reasons that you mentioned there. But when you're kind of looking to go the Apple podcast route, do you have any host in mind as to who you'll use when you get to that point? Um, probably. I've looked at Anchor. Seems to be a, a viable one. I've kind of just did um, did some little bit of research with comparisons. I mean, of course, there's a variety of things out there, and it really you know it would depend on the focus of the podcast. I think for in terms of food experience unplugged, I think probably Anchor would be go the uh, be the way to go. Um, with regard to you know just the services that it offers and it's the ability to be able to post on Apple Podcast or on um, you know SoundCloud or uh, Stitcher or any of those other other uh, areas. Okay, yeah, I've heard a lot of people I've interviewed use Anchor, and I've heard that they they like it, they enjoy it. I think it's fairly easy to monetize with the system that they have in there. You can kind of put ads if you choose to do that in there. So definitely great. Gets you to all the major platforms and it's free. So I recommend Anchor. Yeah, I recommend Anchor for those who are, you know, starting podcasts and just starting to get into it really seriously. So I don't think you can go wrong there. Absolutely. So yes, from a technical standpoint, I love it. Um, I do all of the the technical things. Um, part of my PhD, interestingly, was in um, it's instructional psychology and technology, and the, the technology part of it um, included a lot of uh, video and audio production. So I've got a lot of background in that. That's why I kind of more of a hands-on type of person trying to, um, with regard to the podcast from a technical perspective, as well as from a training perspective, which, which I enjoy. But of course, there are a lot of podcasters out there who, um, you know, choose to, you know, use, utilize other, other people, outsource uh, that or uh, whatever, whatever their particular needs are. You can really go either way. So you, I heard you say you do everything yourself or in-house with, with your team as far as editing and all the production things? Yes, we do. So yes, I do have a, a uh, additional videographer, a technical uh, person as well. So between, um, with our team, we, yes, we try to try to keep it in-house mainly, um, from, from a, uh, you know, from a work perspective too, and a just really, we, we, our team, we tend to know, know not only with the technical aspect of it, but also how that, how things tie in, how different podcasts tie in with, with other, um, 
other projects that we may be working on. So it kind of, it helps in a lot of different perspectives. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. I wish I knew more video editing or had more video editing skills because it's an extremely valuable media. And I just, I guess I'm too ignorant to it right now. And I just don't have the bandwidth to get really good at it. So that's awesome that you guys are able to use video and especially get those videos on YouTube. Sure. And yes, we, I, I enjoy it. I, I really enjoying a project coming to fruition. You know, you're, you find, you know, make a, a great connection. You know, you set up and schedule the interview. I love interviewing. I love uh, really getting to the heart of, you know, whatever the topic is. And just, and then, you know, taking that product and really making it into something that, that people can resonate with and really bringing it out and making it available to, to so many people. I, lo- I really enjoy that. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Talking Llama podcast, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to take a moment to tell you how you can support the show as a patron with three different membership tiers. For only $1 per month, I'll send you a personalized video thanking you for your support. For $3 per month, you get exclusive access to the Talking Llama Herd, which is a private Discord server where you can talk with other creatives and myself about all things podcasting. For $10 a month, you get all the previous benefits, a free t-shirt made by me, and a monthly group Zoom call. If you're not able to be a patron right now, that is okay. You can still support the show by sharing it with a friend or leaving a review. Now, let's get back to the show. That's great. Kind of moving back into your podcast and like, we'll say episodes specifically, would you say you have an average length of each episode or is there a, or is there a wide range of how long each episode is? Uh, well, I do a mixture of solo episodes and guests, uh, mostly guests, but I'm also in, uh, integrating some solo episodes, which can be anywhere from, you know, five or 10 minutes all the way up to, um, if I'm interviewing someone, it can, I, it's usually, I would say 45 minutes to an hour, um, depending on the conversation. But I, I really enjoy, enjoy the training aspect, enjoying the, the array of things. And I think that also helps the, the viewer too, and the, or the listener, um, in terms of, you know, their, looking they maybe they only have so much time they don't have time for a full interview you want a little snippet of uh information that you can take with you um of course you can always um you know dive into a, an interview and uh, hit the pause button and and come back later but i think it just kind of gives the the viewer and and uh, a variety of different aspects. I love the just just the range of of how how deep of a dive you're getting into the content. Yeah, that's great. And so, what what percentage of interviews to solo episodes would you say? Do maybe eighty twenty? Yeah, probably about an eighty twenty. Okay, that's that's great. And I find if I if I want to get ahead a little bit and I don't have a lot of time, I'll, I have a couple solo topics written down at any given time. So if I need to, to make some content, I already know what I want to talk about real quickly, do it by myself. Don't need to schedule with anybody else, knock it out, edit it. And it's usually up within, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. 
Sure, absolutely. So, and from a technical perspective, that works out well too, because you're not, um, you know, if you're interviewing someone else, unless you're, you know, live in a studio, of course, which we have done. Um, but if you're not, you know, you've got the bandwidth issue or things going to work out from a technology perspective. That's the one where, you know, you're always crossing your fingers, hoping, uh, hoping it, it works out. But, um, you know, there are benefits to, to the solo as well, because you're, you're right there. You've got easy access. Like, like you said, you can really just knock it out and, and get it out to the viewer. That's right. And it is a lot of people don't realize people who don't have podcasts often do not realize the amount of time spent on the back end of recording an interview. I mean, I guess on the front and back ends, you know, you have to reach out to people, find good quality people, get a time that is mutually agreeable to conduct the interview, conduct the interview, and then on the back end, edit the interview. Show notes often take a long time and kind of uploading and doing all that stuff. So definitely is a little bit time consuming and I've found the solo episodes can make it a little more, make it go a little more quickly. Absolutely. I agree. So that there's, you know, a lot of times we underestimate the time involved in, in, uh, in creating a podcast, especially if you're interviewing someone else, cause you've got, they're all the, the technical aspects and the, um, but even, you know, like you said, just, you know, knocking it out. Sometimes you've got, you know, just some thoughts in your head. You got to get out and just talk about a different, a, an issue or a situation with regard to, to whatever your, your podcast topic is. And just, you know, being able to, you know, and let your thoughts be, be heard, so to speak, and really just, just get that out in a, in a, in a fast format if you needed to. Right. Something I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if I've asked this question before, but personally, I'm having, I don't want to say a struggle, but it's challenging to get and encourage people to leave reviews. So, I mean, do you have any, do people leave reviews for your podcast? Have you found any way of approaching people that works? We'd just love to hear your thoughts, Michelle. Um, in terms of that, I mean, some people have, some people have, and it just kind of depends. Um, as far as, you know, encouraging that, I would say, you know, when you're posting the, um, the podcast, you know, you can, hey, we've got a great podcast on this topic, you know, hey, let us know what you think. Or in additional um, social media posts about the topic or about the podcast, I would encourage the, the viewer to leave a comment, ask a question, asking questions in, um, in the show notes or in a social media post, um, you know, following once you uh, release the podcast, that helps out a lot because it kind of gets, gets the viewer thinking and, you know, if nothing else, they're answering the question uh, or they're saying, you know, maybe they're tying that question to something they heard in the podcast. So that kind of sometimes you have to really encourage the viewer. They're not necessarily going to, you know, leave a leave a comment on their own, so to speak. They might, but a lot of times they need some encouragement. So I would say ask a lot of questions or relate an experience that you had to maybe something that that you talked about in your podcast. But I would really just just to kind of motivate the viewer 
to want to participate. And some will and some won't, but you're, you're addressing that issue nonetheless. That's a great point. I've found that people will say that they'll leave a review, you know, if I chat with them afterwards and then I find out, you know, I check and there's no new review and then, you know, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. It takes a couple hours or days to actually upload and get through. And I just, I just pulled my uh, podcast up and like, I still only have a couple reviews. So that person lied to me. So I'll have to <laughs> like, how do yeah. I, you know, how do you approach that? Hey, I thought you left me a review and I still only have, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of reviews, so it's easy to tell if you left one or not and, and you didn't. So it'll be an interesting conversation later. Yeah. And people get busy too. You know, they say, yes, I, I want to leave a review and then, you know, things happen. And then, you know, four weeks later they say, oh, I didn't leave a review on there. And, uh, and then, you know, or it's, you know, the topic's forgotten or anything like that. But, you know, just kind of, I think that emphasizes the point of keeping the podcast fresh. And I'm not talking about, you know, necessarily the frequency of however uh, often you're doing the podcast. I'm uh, referring to keeping them fresh in their mind, like reposting them on social media, um, asking more questions about them, doing other, you know, content repurposing. Um, maybe you, you know, you write an article about, uh, about, you know, something that a particular aspect of the podcast or you're, you're discussing it in another forum, but really keeping it, it fresh in their minds so that it's not just a one and done type thing with regard to the podcast. That's, that's a great point. Have you turned any of your podcast episodes into blog posts or articles or anything along that line? Um, I have. So yes. And basically just kind of going through and not, not necessarily a word for word type of thing. I don't just create a transcript and post it. I try to really get personal with, with the information, so to speak, and really just kind of, okay, read through it, listen through it. Okay. What really resonates, what really stands out. And then, you know, write an article based on that versus just a simple transcript, which could easily be, you know, you can just attach that to a, to the podcast if you wanted to. But I try to try to make things, make it a little bit more so it stands out a little more in terms of, of the podcast and how things tie together. That's a great point. Uh, keeping, keeping it fresh. And I think Often as easily as getting your transcript from your episode, putting it in, into a kind of blog format and then just going through about 10, 15 minutes editing it so it reads more like a blog post and you know, a great way to repurpose your content without having to spend a whole heck of a lot of time doing something completely different. Absolutely. So yes, it's so, so much better. And then you've got those thoughts, you know, kind of in your mind continually so that, you know, maybe you, you write a, a different, uh, write that topic from a different angle, maybe a different example pops into your mind um, after you've, you've looked through the information. So you can really kind of capitalize on that a little bit more than, than just the, the written transcript. 
That's a great point. As uh, you know, we hit most of the questions I wanted to ask you, Michelle, kind of as, as some parting words, do you have any advice to someone who's maybe considering starting a podcast or is new into the podcasting game? I would say be patient with yourself and with the technology, but be intentional about it. Don't necessarily think, okay, I'm going to create a podcast and then we're going to have a bazillion listeners on day one. You know, things take time and it takes a little more time than you expect, but it's worth it. Really just thinking about your intention. What's the purpose of the podcast? How does that tie into your other work that you're doing? And really what you, you want the viewer or the listener to come away with and how you can really make that topic shine in in the eyes of, of your your target audience. Those are great words. And I find most people who get into the podcasting game and don't come into it with patience and knowing that it is playing the long game, expecting those kind of short-term instant results, often get disappointed and end up stopping their show with six months or less, I think was the last statistics that I saw. So I think you're right on, Michelle. And that's great advice to people who are thinking of being podcasters like you and I. Sure. And and one thing too um, is just, uh, you know, you were saying, you know, don't, don't expect a lot on day one, but really, really don't give up on it. Don't think, oh, I don't have a guest, so I can't do a podcast episode. Sure. You know, think about what you have to say about, you know, different, different aspects of your work, you know, create solo podcasts. They don't have to be very long. They can be, you know, a few minutes, um, up to, you know, however long you want, but don't, don't think that, that just because you don't have a guest, you don't have anything to say because you yourself are your brand as well. And you've got a lot to say, chances are about, about your given topic. That's very true. I know when I started a little over a year ago, it was just, I did a whole podcast series, I don't know, maybe four months with, without ever speaking to someone and interviewing someone, just me talking. And, you know, you can use it as a form of journaling or just a great way to get your message out there. You don't always have to have someone else on your show to do it. Absolutely. So, and it's just as important and it's just as necessary to your target audience as, as your, your episodes with your guests. Right. You. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. And I want to make sure listeners can they know where to go, where to check you out and find out about your podcast and everything you guys are doing over there. So would you mind plug in everywhere listeners can go to see you? Absolutely. Um, I would suggest foodexperienceunplugged.com is our website with, and it has uh, access there to the, the podcast as well as accessing some free resources that, that may help you in your, your podcasting efforts and other efforts. Um, we have our YouTube channel. Um, you can also find us, uh, we're uh, heavily into LinkedIn and Facebook under Food Experience Unplugged. So I would strongly suggest check us out and 
see see if they're if we're kind of addressing your issues. And I we try to address a whole host of different topics within the food experience. You can also contact us if you have particular feedback or other ideas um, from through our website. And we'd love to hear your ideas for future podcasts, for future conversations. And of course, if you have comments about about the different podcast episodes, absolutely, I'd love to hear from you. Great. Michelle Seidling, been a privilege to have you on the show. I am a huge food and nutrition kind of junkie and appreciate you coming on the show. And I know listeners are going to walk away from this episode with a lot of great stuff. And I'm sure I know I have a couple other nutrition junkie followers. They're going to be checking you out. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to our website at TalkingLlama.com. If you find value in the show, please subscribe. And if this content really resonates with you, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review to help spread the Talking Llama message. To stay up to date with all the latest llama happenings, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at IanRoth1 and Twitter at TalkingLlama1. Thank you so much for your support. Stay confident, stay creative, and most importantly, speak your legacy. I'll see you next time.